So, welcome to Frivolous Gravitas. Uh, this week we will be talking about activism. Uh, so, frivolous activism. Uh, we will be uh, looking at this in um, kind of a sequel sort of thing to our previous um, <clears throat> uh, previous episode on extremism and you know what extremist thought is. Uh, go check it out, and subscribe, uh, and you'll get to listen to us more easily, I guess. Um, so to move forward, activism is defined here as the policy or action using vigorous campaign to bring about political or social change, or another one consists of efforts to promote, impede, direct, or intervene in social, political, economic, or environmental reform with the desire to make changes in society to a perceived or greater good. So looking at these, we see, you can see that the general themes are, you are going out, you wanna change, and you see a problem and you want to change. So I think the good way to start uh, this um, would be to ask Chris um, what you think activism is, because we use this word a lot and I don't think it means what we think it means uh, because we see uh, activism, we see activism being pushed in, you know, pre-secondary school, post-secondary school is an activism. Uh, everything has some sort of activism thing. Um, my wife's pharmacy had an activism class where they learned activism in class when what all it was was, you know, doing their job. Um, but they call it activism because the kids like it. Um, but what we're going to do today is get to the, the root of what activism is and how we can properly use it and harness it, which we will looking to be doing a following up on um, the practical uh, aspects of activism, uh, such as protesting, um, aid concerts, whatever you have it. But today we're gonna to be talking about the uh, Chris's- The ism. The ism, as we go. Uh, so yes, I'll let, you must be chomping at the bit by now, so I'll let you uh, start. <laughs> Thanks for broadcasting my ADD. A one-minute intro. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, yeah. Meanwhile, my ADD is going, it's like, talk about this, talk about this, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I, I, I'm always, my penchant is always to, to bring a philosophical light to the matters that I like to discuss. Um, not strictly speaking, because there's no answer to it, and it's sort of like the only unknown frontier to, to for our excursions of thought. But primarily, I think because that's where we find, like, I, I hate to use the word growth, but like expansion, expanded awareness. Like that's sort of the thing we can do today to affect tomorrow is look for ways of uh, of, of broadening our perspectives or getting higher vantage point points of view. So um, with that belabored and a dead horse beaten, I'll get into what I consider activism as the ism. Um, I consider it in sort of in rare form, actually. It's very closely knit to the definition this time. Often I object to definitions or standard practices just because I find them 
woefully insufficient in describing what they actually supposedly do. But uh, in this case, it's very clear from the definition that activism is not, um, it's not, it's not siloed into one particular mean or mode um, or medium of activism. It's not just protesting and it's not just being loud and outspoken or chastising people we disagree with or anything like that. So there's a whole range of things to get into. Those are the practical aspects of it. So um, I think we get the practical once you, uh, once you come up with it, but before you do that, um, you have to, uh, the individual comes up to something that they want. Now, if it's something that they can get, uh, like say a job or something, um, then they will work towards that. So, but if it's something they can't get, cause you know, it's like, I want a job. Well, you're six, go to school. It's like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna protest this. And then everyone's like, oh, but then if it's the approach, right? Like activism itself is the approach. It, it's all mediums and all messages and all expressions that, that lend to that. Right. That. And I'm, well, what I'm trying to do is find where the activism starts and it starts with a need and or a want that when if unfulfilled or it constitutes a uh i don't want to even want to use this word but some sort of injustice or some disparity that um and by injustice i mean a thing that shouldn't be or could be remedied uh, so <clears throat> go back to something like, well, something as simple as like, um, there's no jobs in this municipality. Well, what can we do? Well, we can, you know, we can start a business. Oh, but then the municipality is saying, no, you're not allowed to do that. So the need that is, there's something that needs to be remedied there, the want. And so you, you, then you move into the, the, the phase of, uh, creating it. So I think it starts with that need or that want, um, I think crucially, though, with that is that need or that want needs to be well-founded. And I think that's what I sort of wanted to get at with today's episode yes. is like finding well-founded needs, analyzing best approaches or forms of activism to reach those needs. And the end goal is to affect change, which is explicitly underwritten in the uh, prescribed by the by the definition of terms itself. So act, when we're being... When we're engaging in activism, regardless of how we go about it, the whole point and purpose and function to it is supposed to be to make a change for a dysfunction or a deficit or, um, as you said, a disparity with the status quo. So you're you're not doing activism, for lack of a better word. You're not being active or politically outspoken in any way, shape, or form, if you're just doing it for the sake of self-gratification, or if you're just doing it to advance um, personal gain or well-being, because that's not the point, because social gain is not the same as personal gain. What we need to do through activism is realize that social gain is our personal gain. So even though I'm not a black woman, I want to support the rights of black women because I want to live in a society where black 
women are treated equally because that's a better world to live in for me as well, even if I'm not a black female, um, as a simple example. You could identify as one and then claim that you have yeah, things and then all of a sudden black that? women have that. There was a white lady who pretended she was black and like refused to allow people to deny her that. <laughs> yeah, she was this, wasn't she like a New York politician? I don't think she was a politician. I, anyway, it doesn't, anyway, really it doesn't matter. matter. But, <laughs> but activism extends to a, a whole wide range of things. And I'm hoping that we, we can just uh, we, we can sort of tip off the tops of a whole bunch of them to 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 get the ball rolling just so that we we know. So like the obvious forms of activism are like protests. Right. But there's also journalistic as activism where we deplore um, publicly in pieces of journalism, which are supposed to be bipartisan and, you know, just reporting news, not creating news. They'll often, right. they'll often uh, like chastise or denigrate even some, so, some groups like white supremacists or whatever. And that's not the point. We should yeah. be in a society where white supremacy is so obviously wrong <clears throat> that we can allow white supremacist activists so that we can talk to them. Yes. That should be our motivation. Well, that goes back to um, the idea that um, free speech allows uh, bad ideas to die. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure there's tons of quotes you can find about that, but um, we do need to talk. There are things that society needs to talk about. And I think you're highlighting this well by saying that we... Um, bring these conversations to the table and raise awareness uh, through activism. Now, that um, <clears throat> that phrase in itself has become completely cliche, thanks to um, every uh, health society out there, like cancer society, who are we're raising awareness of cancer. Everybody knows about cancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're raising awareness about racism. It's like we already knew about racism. Uh, well, we're raising awareness that people are against racism. Yeah, we don't like those people anyways. So, like, and, and they don't have a scientific leg to stand on. They have zero legal standing to suggest that somebody is genetically superior or inferior because, as a species, we're still evolving. That's just not possible to be known. Yeah. It's, I mean, it might be known one day, but we couldn't possibly know that to be true today. Physically, well, we have there's there's probably races that have yet to be born. Um, I don't know science fiction like uh, The Expanse, which shows that you know uh, these people beyond the uh, beyond Mars, they live in the asteroid belt, and they because of zero gravity or stuff, they 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 garner different characteristics, and they have this patois or melange of languages, and they have their own culture now. So they're this about us, yeah, the about us. Yeah, or um, even if you go into uh, uh, the Red Mars trilogy, the Martians start exhibiting different characters and you get different breeds. But the, again, we're all just people. Now, that's just us, I guess, virtue signaling because we're not here to be like, racism is bad. We're here to examine the methods people use to say these things and yeah. the action itself. So... I think to organize this a bit, uh, we I'll just start off by saying that we will be doing a, a larger uh, session on um, protesting itself, so public demonstration. Uh, so we're going to leave that for another 
day uh, because it's such a big one. Um, It's close to both of our hearts and we have too much to say. (laughs) Yeah. Now, that being said, you can't really do a protest. And I'm saying this, I guess, to anyone who's listening that is thinking of doing a protest. You can't do a single silo protest. It's stupid. No one cares. And it's easy to ignore. So so there's a few silos that we can get into, uh, such as um, environmental, economic, um, legal, uh, as well as um, so econ- uh, <clears throat> economic being uh, disparities in economics or we why don't we have jobs? This can also fund come out in strikes. Um, environmental, uh, which would be obvious. Um, judicial, so uh, justice for this person, justice for that person. <clears throat> um, but it also comes out in other things. So you have activism on the internet, you have literature, music, which we can, I think we can put together because they're both art uh, and also art. Uh, you know, like paintings, paintings and stuff like that. Murals, poems. graffiti. Um, so okay, well, uh, let me just start then um, by going over like the purpose of activism, getting back to that, like the purpose of it being not just to raise awareness, for example, but to actually um, do something about it. Like the reason we want awareness to be raised is because people are behaving or acting in a way that precludes them to not being aware of something that's important. So for instance, uh, if my house is on fire and I run out to the middle of the street because I don't have a phone or a bucket of water and I start screaming, help, help, my house is on fire. The point of me yelling that is partially to let my neighbors know that my house is on fire, but there is a way bigger important reason for me to be screaming, help, help, my my house is on fire. It's not just to let them know about it. It's so that one of them might call a fire department for me. Mm. So the point of raising awareness is often lost through all of these mediums in, in the, the outcome. They, they, they completely forget through nearsightedness that there's a purpose to being aware of something. And that purpose is to do it. <laughs> so, I mean, we're going to get deeper into protests and stuff later on. But another good example of it would be through literature. Like when George Orwell wrote 1984, he was making a very strong public statement roundaboutly. Well, it's subtle, but not subtle. It's subtle in the sense that it was written in a fictional story, but it's not subtle in the sense that now that everybody's read it and everybody's dissected it, we all know what he was actually communicating, right? Yeah. Uh, Also, I think a big part of a big part of our discussion today might be through uh, awareness and the superficiality behind the way we go about raising awareness today, whether that's in politics, looking for sound bites, or it's in music, just making uh, random Trump statements to sound political, or you know what I mean? Like it sort of covers a whole wide gamut of different perspectives and approaches. Yeah. I'd also like to get into um, how it's almost being treated as a, um, social badge. You have social capital now for Mm -hmm. uh, engaging in activism. I'm an activist. I'm helping these people give me like, it's almost self-serving now, uh, which, um, which irks me. Uh, And uh, you get people and they clap each other on the back going, we're helping people. You know, it's like, yeah, but you are all in a doctorate program in a first world country 
talking about how you've helped each other get past racism because one person in your group is of a different race and he's no <laughs> right like it's very cold comfort to somebody who's poor to tell others about poverty and do nothing you know yeah. what i mean like it really it means absolutely nothing to a hungry person who can't find food that other people are aware of them being hungry and still doing nothing about it yeah having been so a lot of that culture capital gets passed around and you know charged on other people like it's just free credit but <laughs> yeah well it's just slapping a five dollar bill away from someone who's like here you go it's like you know what <laughs> i don't want it off <laughs> and so um so another example of this that might be a little bit near and dearer to your heart might be um like a universities banning speeches because they refuse to tolerate opposing ideas. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, Jordan B. P Peterson was chanted out of like being able to speak publicly on like an organized event. It wasn't just some random get together or like pub pub speak. He actually or organized an event and people paid money to register and or yeah. This happened multiple times, if I remember correctly. He, yeah, and there he, were groups of people who were trying to do the right thing and raising awareness for their cause, but by doing it, they were silencing actual discourse, which is antithetical to their stated premise. Their stated premise was supposed to be to raise awareness in order to discuss that their point of view was accurate, but they refused to have the discussion. The other That's thing, not activism. Yeah, the other thing I thought they were uh, trying to get um, done was because they were showing up and they were, they had the banner saying, you know, whatever thing that they wanted to say at that time, um, uh, speech is violence or whatever. I don't, I'd have to look it up, but um, what they wanted was uh, a confrontation. So you go in and you yell at the person directly. So they're like, Jordan B. Peterson is the, they thought that Jordan B. Peterson was the avatar of white nationalism everywhere, which he's definitely not. Um, and, um, or, you know, white culture, and he's at, he's purporting to have this, uh, this um, narrative of, uh, uh, you know, supremacy or status quo, um, which he definitely doesn't. And what they were doing was they were going up and playing the hero. They were attacking with, you know, their words. So words are violence and you can yell at somebody and then you can do violence to them and you're hurting them, but he's just sitting there calm being like, this too shall pass. And it's, <laughs> uh, but what they're doing is they are not just making awareness, they are attacking, they are confronting. And it's that confrontation, that's the word I was looking for, sorry, was that the confrontation between them they're not just this is a evil it's not even a perceived evil he's right there standing right there um this is like if i was alive in the 30s i'd be you know up in front of hitler yelling at him being like you're wrong blah blah blah, blah. but they they they, they it, it feels good it, it, it's but it doesn't do anything and it's an attack and they're intentionally attacking the thing as if it's an evil but to me activism isn't an attack it's 
because an attack is something you do when you're trying to destroy something. Activism is something you do when you're trying to fix something. Would you agree with that? I would, uh, in most cases. I mean, sometimes you attack people because you're defending yourself, and I think it's a very human thing to do to get defensive about contentious subjects. So I, I sort of give people a pass only because I, I, I'm cognizant of humanity, like mm. everybody's human. Yeah. But where I don't give them a pass, though, is when they refuse to acknowledge what they're doing. Like when you bring it to light, when you face them and say, well, look, you're, you're stymieing conversation and progressive reform by not letting people speak. The refusal to act or to self-analyze or to accept that it might be possible that they're they're being extreme in their points of view or in, in their conduct, I think that to me is something that we as humans are perfectly capable of doing. Um, the reason why we follow religions and we have extremisms and stuff is because as creatures, we're very, um, so like being aware of our own mortality that... Um, God damn. Uh, sentience. We are sentient. Okay. Beings. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> we, yeah. We, no, that's, my bad. But as sentient beings, that also is a very human characteristic to be able to self analyze things and review abstract natures of concepts and to compare and contrast, to, to seek out knowledge with curiosity. Those are all human conditions too. Mm -hmm. So when somebody brings to you point blank and says, Hey, look, I get what you're saying, but the way you're going about it isn't productive. If they're not willing to analyze themselves honestly, then I'm not going to give them credit for having the human propensity for self-defense. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I'll give somebody the okay to defend their position with an attack accidentally, but not intentionally. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> if uh, I think this does get into what we were talking about yesterday, because um, um, we were not yesterday, last week. Um, these weeks are getting really short. Um, <laughs> the, the awareness, because we all, and this is, I think, again, what we get into, we did get into this a bit last week, is that we all have an individual perspective. Now, one of the interesting things about diversity and individualism in our society is that, that instead of having, you know, one eye at the top, um, it is centralized, uh, thing trying to figure out what everyone needs. Uh, we have all these people, we have, you know, uh, a billion people in the free world, uh, looking around going, you know, one of them looks over there and goes, this isn't right. I found something wrong. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a missing stitch in the weave. There's a, uh, there's a cracked pipe. There's something wrong right here. And I'm going to go over here and tell this person. And, you know, they're going to, I'm going to show them and be like, hey, look at this. And they're going to be like, okay. I don't think that's activism yet because that's just talking. And I don't really want to rely on these categories too much. But what is happening is that that person can go to another person and then you get another people going like, and another person might be like, yeah, this is a problem for you, but I can see this becoming a problem for me. So, you know, let's go talk to, you know, our representative or something. And eventually it becomes uh, a, um, a thing, a, a, a problem that can be discussed on the public market. And then once that happens, 
uh, a public forum of ideas, you have this marketplace of ideas, I guess. Um, yeah. And then you have, it becomes part of the queue because, because we have millions and millions and millions and millions and hundreds of millions of people all finding little errors and not all of them are right. So you put them in and they're discussed in queue. Now, now to get something done isn't easy. To get something considered an actual problem isn't easy. So I would say that this activism is part of a rallying behind a problem to get it the um, the respect it deserves in order to uh, become a uh, something that can be dealt with. So not only is it there, so that it's 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 in that marketplace. You know, we have this problem, and you get people. The more people you have behind it, you can be like, yeah, this is actually a problem. We need to get uh, that 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 thing fixed. But then somebody else is like, okay, but yeah, but your solution sucks. And then, you know, the protesters can go, okay, yeah, well, what do you think? And the guy will be like, it might work better like this. And the protesters are not the protesters, the activists are like, okay, um, you're going to come with us because you obviously understand this and uh, you're going to stand here and talk about what, say what you just said to the people that, you know, can actually help us. So now you have a stronger activist group, you know, you have a solution, you have an, an idea of the problem, and then, you know, you go a little higher and some guy's like, okay, I, I can help you, but why should I do this rather than this other thing? And then, you know, you, the activists look over at the other problem, they're like, oh, that is an actual problem too. Uh, can we do both? Uh, <laughs> and um, that's the problem because a lot of these things that are happening are concurrent, legitimate uh, problems with probably actual viable solutions that we're all working at at the same time. And this almost, I guess I'm creating a workflow of activism, um, but uh, it, and you're emphasizing in my mind, the discussion itself that, that, um, well, here is this what we mean? Is this what we mean? And is this what we mean? You better define the problem. You better define the solution. You better define the uh, the consequences of the solution because the solution itself will have consequences. We fix this. So if anyone has written code, ah, I fixed this line of code, 47 errors. Okay, now I got to fix that line of code. Ah, I fixed it, 103 errors. Arr! So we don't know. So we do have to talk these things out. The tragedy of it is that in that time that we have to talk about it is that there's more going to be more harm happening. And that's that insistence. And the double tragedy of it is that very few things are cut and dry. Uh, so when you say activism, I need to get stuff done now. Are we, is that, I don't know, is that something we, we want? And in keeping with your um, the way you phrased it, I think is a good good way of putting it. The the workflow that we're going about, because I think that's really what we're trying to trying to point out here. And I guess the workflow that I would suggest to it is that I think we should apply a formula to the way we go about our activism. And I say that not to not that all activism should be rendered down to the some you know simple yeah. base. 
But what I'm saying is from a formula, you can derive a model. And once you have a model, you can start um, minimizing the risk of extremism from activism, as well as the knee-jerk reaction to affirmative action on the other end of the spectrum, right? We can avoid the extremisms by having a model by which we discuss these issues. But we can only do that if we exercise activism responsibly or scientifically. I guess that's sort of what I'm getting at. It's like, if you make scientific the act, act that you take or undertake for activism, then you can at least be assured that there won't be a digression into transgression. Yeah, so we, now we for won't those... be sliding to our extremist views, we'll actually be focused on resolving the issue <clears throat> and finding the optimal solution. Sorry. For those that don't like the uh, the term scientific when it comes to social matters, do we mean that um, uh, applying the method trial and error and doing what seems to work? Uh, because I think because when you was like this is and that there's not going to be one answer for every for all activism. It's gonna it's going to. So that's a good question. I guess. I guess what I mean by it is that we should we should come to the table with ground rules. We should all accept that everybody's allowed to be activists and we should all accept everybody's going to have different ideas from us. But we should also all right. accept that it's not acceptable to ban speech at a university. Like cuz that's antithetical to the purpose and function and raison d'etre of a university. Universitas yeah. means all versions of truth. Like you, it, it's mutually exclusive to say you can't speak, you can speak, but we're an open society. You, right. you can't be both. You're, you're either China or you're Canada. Pick one. <laughs> it's that simple in my eyes. But I mean, it transcends to, to other aspects of our activisms as well, because it's like journalism. You can't say you want unbiased reporting and you don't want sensationalism in the news while also supporting the fact that your news articles and journalists are outspoken uh, um, against protesters. That, that just shouldn't happen in a free society and free press. You can right. have an editorial commentary about it, but it shouldn't be presented as news because you're not reporting on a protest if you're not articulating the protesters' views, even if you disagree with them. Right, and having just dived into journalism uh, a bit um, for practical purposes other than this, um, I would say say that yes the idea of an objective reporter is false but reporters can uh or is a fairy tale but reporters still can ignore their own um biases to a large degree enough to you know uh report on something without being uh this is stupid or yeah, these people are doing this like tell me what happened rather than tell me why something terrible happened or something amazing happened. Uh, you know, but to keep reporting on which it as terrible, is, it's just amplifying the already obvious nature of it. You know what right. I mean? Like, that shouldn't be the reporter's job to amplify it. It should just be to report it. So the best example of this I can think of is in 2016-17 when Trump got elected and I was, if I was American, I wouldn't have voted for Trump, but I quickly became so apathetic to the reporting on him. It's like, cause you know, it's like, can you believe he said this? Can you believe he said this? Can you believe like what? A, and it was just examples of his 
demonic presence in the White House. And I was like, I uh, can we actually talk about politics? Uh, because mm-hmm. this is just like, uh, the president should be, shouldn't be saying this. The president shouldn't be saying this. And I, I don't know, I almost softened on Trump a bit because of it. Um, I still think he's a bit of a doofus. A <laughs> he's not a bit of anything. <laughs> no. But we won't get into that. If it's but, not obvious to anybody by now, then they obviously haven't read enough. That's all. But like, he's not a fascist. He's just a doofus. He's, he's a capitalist. He likes like, anybody who supports him. So fascists support him. He likes fascists. Until yeah. they stop supporting him. He's and then he'll, yeah, and then he'll grind and you, but like, he's not going to lead America anywhere. Like you guys have a very, very, very robust system and you should be proud of it and you should be defending it. But, um, that's a subject for another debate. I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would contest it, that vehemently. Well, I, I, it is extremely robust. I would, I still have to say that. I it's, wouldn't say so. <laughs> But anyway, that, it's that's lasted it's lasted hundreds of years of chaos. Like it's an inherently chaotic system. Yeah, but it only seems like a long time to us because we haven't seen civilizations last more than a thousand years. But human civilization is only like 10, 20,000 years. Like that's a drop in the bucket over 4.3 billion years the Earth's been here. That's, that's like, another conversation. Call the society robust when we've only just discovered civil society is kind of a stretch. <laughs> we never had a UN that's until... Another- years ago yeah that's another conversation yeah yeah so sorry (laughs) but in in keeping uh, back with the activism i think it 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 falls under um like more subtle ways too like for example on the news today during these covid times or whatever we still have rampant anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers out there people who believe that there are no benefits to wearing a mask just because 90% isn't a hundred percent effective. It means there's no point at all, which is an extremist point of view. And we have people who decry that vaccines cause autism and all kinds of things that aren't proven. Although we haven't disproven them yet, that should be open for discussion and debate with scientific method, but we're not having those discussions. We're reporting on how people feel about lockdowns constantly every day on the news how do you feel? And they have these long drawn out segments with kids making cards for elderly and which it's nice and it's fine, but that's not news. That's not the purpose of the news. The news should be there to convey information to the public and in their activism or in their misguided activism, they're dissuading people from thinking clearly and concisely about known science in favor of tugging at their heartstrings to get some sort of response and reaction from the public just for for views and advertising revenues and things like that. Those people shouldn't be in a position to be swaying popular belief or opinion. That's not their position or social function. I mean, you could have an investigative journalist do that because that's their job. Their job is to go out, find a point of view and push it and just see how much they can convince people. And you want people or, doing or that from both like, sides. You don't here's want a point of view that I found that's weird. <laughs> What's that? Because like I do see some investigative journalisms go out and they'll be like, I'm gonna go find a different point of view that not many people have seen, and they won't push it. They'll just be like, look at this. Isn't this interesting? And I think this is a very almost responsible form of 
journalism because they're focusing on the journalism aspect of it. And you you, you hit on something there that really um, reminded me of uh, a broader issue that I encountered when I was in university. Uh, I was going through my historian, uh, my history degree, um, and I was also going through my archival degree, and I was being pushed to become an activist by uh, students, professors, and all this, and you saw this idea that we're all activists. Like, yeah, I guess we could be, but I want to be a historian or I want to be an archivist. So it's like there's activism within everything. And I feel like this is a misguided notion where everything, everything needs to be uh, towing a uh, activist line or everything needs to be, if you're a journalist, you should be using that to say something and problematize something. Or if you, um, if you're a artist, you need to do that something. Now, if you feel it and you actually care and we do meet these people who are like, I'm really working towards this or I'm really uh, passionate about that. Great. But, you know, Joe Blow, the uh, taxi driver, doesn't have to use his taxi driving as activism because he's just a taxi driver. You might just yeah and that's a taxis. really good point too because there are a lot of people with public uh platforms who shouldn't be activists yeah. but they're being encouraged to be outspoken on subjects they know nothing about well why didn't you say something about this why didn't you say something and every group's like decrying and like blm does this like in an inane fashion where it's like you didn't say anything about this in your speech it's like yeah or if you say something if you say the words um if you say the word matters or something it's just like, yeah, but you didn't say Black Lives Matter. It's just like, no, he was talking about local playground funding. Like, yeah, yeah. Go away. <laughs> but it, it's this like they like do it so much with like music musicians and actors, and they, they expect them all to use this plot. But if you don't feel it or know about it or care about it, you shouldn't be pushing somebody else just because you're told that it's the right thing to do. Like to have Kanye yeah. West start supporting Trump because he knows nothing about politics. <laughs> him backpedaling a couple months later and saying he hates Trump after he finally discovered what Trump's like or Eminem like shaking Trump's hand and agreeing with, and then realizing later that, you know, he, he said a whole bunch of bigoted things and Eminem is very, very much against racism being raised in a black neighborhood kind of go figure, <laughs> but to encourage people who don't know just to use their platform to help people um, to raise awareness for the sake of raising awareness, it actually defeats its own purpose because you lose credibility once people, when you have to backpedal, then you've already lost your point, right? <laughs> as soon yeah, as you say, like, my thesis I think... is wrong, but trust my thesis, my new thesis is right. Like, you, you've kind of lost the, the crowd. Yeah, and if you, well, if you address it, like, if you say, wow, I was very wrong before and you address it and you say okay here's what i said before and you compare and contrast and do a whole thing and say this is what we knew then this is what we know now uh you know you're almost asking for forgiveness but at the same time the people behind these uh there's like these these calling out of it's like oh you're on the other side how dare you blah 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 you're on the other you should be doing this you should be doing this the ones that are like yelling rapidly to get people i think they know that what they're doing is inherently chaotic and that it doesn't have, they're just trying to shake it up. 
Um, and I think that's the other type of activism itself is that that non um, non directed chaotic uh, activism. Uh, um, now I don't really want to get onto that yet uh, because I think we still have lots to talk about um, with direction and finding a direction and coming to a conception of what the end goal and the plan will look like. And you meant you. I think you've been kind of leading this up to this, whether uh, intentionally or not, but, but uh, you've been doing a good job of leading into it is that, or hinting at is that uh, you need this end goal, you need this, this thing, because it seems like a, you know, just like any business plan or plan of action, or here's how I'm going to approach this project. Uh, if you come out with, here's what I want, here's all what I'm going to do. I've thought about it as much as I can. All I need to do, the only thing I can do now is just you know, press play and try it. Uh, those plans are businesses or projects or uh, anything are going to end up a lot more, they're, they're gonna be finished a lot quicker. They're going to be, the work will be done uh, more effectively and you'll end up with a better finished product. Then when you say, uh, you know, there's a court case that you guys didn't like or something and you go to the, you know, you go and be like, we need to get justice for this and you go and you be like rah, rah, rah. and then they're like cool what do you want like we want justice and the guy's like rolls their eyes and goes okay we're sorry <laughs> and then they you know go back to their office yeah, so yeah. um yeah i think well direction is a plan <laughs> direction is key and yeah, it's key sorry. for anything the, the thing that makes an expert different from a novice is the fact that they move more purposefully. They swing a hammer more purposefully. You know what I mean? Like the mechanic mm -hmm. screws a bolt tightly more purposefully than somebody who's just testing every bolt randomly and seeing if it makes a difference. Yeah. You can plug all the computer parts into your computer you want, but if you don't set it up properly, it's just sitting idle most of the time. Like, mm -hmm. so... That's what I, I meant oh, yeah. by like the scientific method is having a prescribed format for designing and pushing or not pushing. I'd rather say promoting a, a, a policy position or a, an awareness campaign or something like that. Instead um, of scientific, what if we use the, uh, the word professional method? <laughs> because it is. I, just, I wouldn't want to exclude people who, who aren't professional no. scholars. That's but all. you are going to no so like yeah you have a thought out math method that gets results what like or at least tries to get results in a way but i think that also boils down to who you're doing it for um if you're worried about the local homeless population and you like uh are you going out and campaigning because you are actually worried about homeless people or are you going out because you um, like being seen on TV? And I do have a problem with the later half and a lot of those, the later half, the latter half of that distinction um, generally would be a lot more knee jerk than the ones who are like, okay, I really don't like homelessness and they sit down for 
way longer than probably I would to think about it. They, they interact with these people. They just go of their own volition and see what their problems are. They, you know, maybe even open a soup kitchen. That's a good start. Uh, they, um, organize like hampers and, uh, and, and patrols to, you know, get them, you know, it's like, Oh, Hey, we found a homeless guy. Would you like some help? You know, you, 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 you put together a program rather than going to city hall and being like, we need to fix poverty. It's like, and everyone else is like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so I think on that note, it's, it, and I, I hate to just play devil's advocate, but I'm trying to, I'm not trying to be contrarian for you the sake hate of it. I poor just, people. I'm, I want to <laughs> emphasize that it's a it's a spectrum, right? So, like, not all raising awareness is bad. If we don't know about an issue, that might be the end goal to to your activism is just to raise awareness so that somebody more capable of doing more does it. Yeah. Or so that more people capable of speaking out look into it and speak out more. So it's not that all raising awareness is bad, but it's as you say. Raising awareness for cancer, nobody doesn't know about cancer. Right. Raising awareness about the harms of smoking, nobody doesn't know that smoking is harmful or that yeah. drugs are dangerous or that alcohol impairs driving. Like these are things we know of already. So spending hundreds of thousands on ad campaigns for drunk driving, it kind of hits a roadblock. <laughs> Pardon yeah. the pun. Well, if you're passed out from drunk driving, you're not going to see the commercial. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, the other thing is that like it's become so cliche and like I'm kind of bitter about it myself because I'm just so sick of all the cliches. But if you are uh, actually care about this stuff and you're like, here's a problem and you're just like, oh, wow, uh, nobody knows about this. I actually do need to raise awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, that is the thing. But that's only step one. What happens after people right. are aware of it? Uh, and it's the simplest, easiest step. Like, don't pat yourself on the bat for screaming about a problem. Any idiot can say, hey, the dam's leaking. Like, real, everyone can yeah. do that. Meanwhile, the engineers are like, yeah, we know. Uh, yeah, we're that, trying to fix it. truck is full no, of No, no, I'm just going to keep it. yelling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm good here. <laughs> but, like, they do that with things like, okay, for, for a, a good example of raising awareness for cancer, Movember, right? you grow a mustache and it's promoting the, the raising the awareness of um, prostate cancer, which is only applies to men, but mm. um, sorry, males, not gender men, but males. <laughs> but the point of it is we, a lot of people don't know that how prevalent prostate cancer is. And it's one of the leading ca cancers that cause death and it can be prevented if caught early so if more people knew about it and more people got screened, then more people would be spared prostate cancer-related death. So that's a point. Same with breast cancer. Getting yeah. mammograms is uncomfortable and people don't want to do it, but raising awareness to show you well, how lethal breast cancer is and how treatable it is if caught early. A lot of those cancer in that. What's up? A lot of those mammogram commercials ended up uh, getting past awareness, and it's like breast cancer is a problem. Here's how you find it. And then you just like, check your check for lumps, go get a mammogram today. So yeah. like, that's not even awareness at this point. This is an, like, they're coming up with an action plan problem. That, that's good. Solution, yeah. Go do it now. And exactly. if now that we've made you aware, if you don't do it, it's on you. <laughs> 
So if, if that commercial then was funded by people going house to house, raising awareness and collecting donations, that small contribution that all of those people make as activists, I think is very, very beneficial to society as a whole. Right. Now, but on the flip side, raising awareness for, for cancer in general, as if they're going to find a cure by simply throwing money at the problem. Yeah. You know, that, that's another story because nobody doesn't know somebody sorry for the double negative, but done who's died by cancer. That's like the leading cause of death in the world. <laughs> right. And the, the, the reason that we say, and I think, you know, just throw more money at it. Now, the thing is that if you throw more money at it, you can be more wasteful. And that's why that works more because you, you can just, it's, you're, you're spamming it. You're essentially mm. taking a shotgun approach to the problem and hoping you hit the bullseye. It's like because know. it's a lot harder to study genetics and stuff and like learn how to cure cancer. It's a right. lot harder to learn how to cure cancer than which it is, is to just tell people about it. Well, which is why we force people to write out grant proposals for funding uh, mm. because we have to we, you know, prove that this is going to be of some thing. You're not just shooting in the dark. You're not going to you're not just going to be one of those, you know, wasted things. And I think that one like you can make awareness but you have to be like breast cancer is something that is objectively not good and it's something that we know exists it's it's not fake but if you're raising awareness a lot of times we see people trying in their activism to uh they're having to legitimate the problem in itself so you know someone says breast cancer isn't a thing everyone looks at them like you're an idiot. <laughs> or um, if someone says, well, prostate cancer doesn't matter because it's happening to men. Everyone looks at them like, like, peed in your cornflakes. Like, oh. <laughs> so like these people are, you know, they're bitter and it's not like, they're not actually like, there's something else going on. But if you're, if your conception of a problem has very little basis in reality, then I feel uh, seen like a lot of um, activism takes the form of you don't know it, but this is happening, and blah 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 blah. All these things are happening, and everyone's just like still not convinced. So you can't even get to the planning stage of it when you're advocating for something that is a dubious problem. I think in those instances, though, raising awareness is the top priority, because if people are still denying the problem, then that really needs to be made more clear. And Black Lives Matter was right. a good example of that, because we've heard in music and art and in writing for decades about police brutality and racism in the States. And there are still mass loads of people who denied it even existed until we had cell phones to record it on camera. Yeah. Like, that's a travesty. Yeah. And now we have, now we know the problem exists and now we, uh, now we have to move past awareness and get to, uh, it, uh, what do you call that? Problem solving. And you have people like there have actually been things that have helped, uh, cameras on like recording police yeah, body actions. cameras, body cameras. Those are, those have been demonstrated to, uh, help. And you hear people saying, well, what we need is uh, better police training and more, um, more, 
more uh, situational training for police officers. And then you have people saying, like saying, no, 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 what we need is no more police. So he's like, yeah, okay. But it's a, that's a long process because there's, it's, criminality has never been a um, simple topic in any civilization. Um, like there's Nebuchadnezzar with his eye for an eye, it's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> didn't work, but uh, it's a good start is kind of how we see it as a civilization. <laughs> And I think all the moving parts are what complicate it too. Like it, having a whole bunch of um, minorities in prison, for example, isn't just a problem of not having enough black people in Congress or enough black people on the bench. Right. The problem is systemic in the in the sense that it's the system that entirely the whole structure of the system that is an error. And like with Black Lives Matter and having a whole population that um that disbelieves that there's even a police brutality problem even though they have perfect data on incarceration rates prison sentences um offenses that are, are are not charged and are charged depending on skin color like the time of day that somebody gets a hearing before a judge changes the severity of their sentencing right mm -hmm. before lunch judges hand out harsher sentences than after lunch for example like these are things that we should be able to analyze scientifically and agree upon facts, even if we have disagreements on how how pervasive the problem is. We should all be able to acknowledge a problem when it's point blank in our face and presented to us. But so many people didn't. Even the NFL didn't. Publicly, they were denouncing um, Colin Kaepernick for for kneeling during the national anthem in support of Black Lives Matter, and like. I mean, if you want to take more pop culture references, then there's uh, straight out of Compton. I mean, I was listening to NWA back in the day, but like some people didn't know that rappers were talking about police brutality for the last like 30 years. Yeah. Well, surprise, all of these people knew about it. All of these, you know, young disenfranchised men who are committing crimes because they don't believe they have an out in society because everywhere they look from different angles, they're being shite on. I mean, to not acknowledge the systemic nature of the problem requires more awareness being raised. But I don't think, I don't think not presenting people with solutions or data is ever going to convince anyone who's not willing to listen anyway. It's like those people who are trying to disrupt the rallies at the university just by being disruptive and calling themselves mm -hmm. activists. When you've got news reports and like professional organizations with millions of viewers worldwide telling people that it's no big deal and that people are just, you know, oh, he's just trying to play the victim or something. Right. It, it just, it reinforces the negativity in the system that the awareness is trying to point out. And right. it's like people are so blind, they can't see the forest for the trees because they trust the people reporting on it. So, so denying the spectrum, I think, is just as pernicious. Uh, like, it's just as extreme to deny the fact that there are ranges to everything. Because mm -hmm. it sort of, it polarizes people. Yeah, I think on those polar ends, we get those people who no longer want change or reform or any whatever word you want to use on that day. Or you want to uh, even, uh, if it's something like, you know, the bridge into town collapsed. Uh, well, we need to get funding to do it. We have a plan, but uh, we need money. 
So you need to raise awareness and you have to tell everybody, here's the data for what kind of bridge we need, and, you know, all the specs, blah, 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 blah. Here's how much it's going to cost. And they say, well, what about half the price? And they're like, no, okay, we need to go protest that we want the full bridge. <laughs> you know, we want the same or more amount of lanes into the town that we had before. You know, it needs to be able to hold a, a semi or, or at least two semis, you know, and they're passing each other uh, or something more than that. Um, and I feel like that's reasonable approach to it, um, even though it's any discussion of such sort will, it's going to ruffle feathers and any argument isn't going to be comfortable. Um, and that's kind of the point <laughs> is that um, you want to have that conversation. And if you know, someone comes to the table and they have, uh, you know, terrible data and this and that. And the other side says, okay, I agree there's a problem, but your data is terrible. So there's nothing I can do with your proposal. Um, and that person though is even trying. And, they, you know, the, the truth has shone through, you know, the light of, you know, whatever. Um, uh, and then I think I want to come to those uh, forces of chaos that end up on both sides of any debate that just want to see everything burn, burn it down and start again. And they, uh, I believe we can also call these people trolls where they will, they'll do something just to get the reaction that they want. You know, people going, oh, that's terrible. Why would somebody do that? And, you know, they, they don't even understand us, but then they, they just go and they create chaos and they just create that uncomfortable because they think that, or on whatever side, that whatever is established is uh, like can't be worked with, or it just needs to be brought down um, for whatever reason. And I'm seeing this a lot recently on both sides. Um, on one side, it's historically obvious where you see the just kill all this or kill all that uh, group of people. I don't even want to say it. It's so disgusting. <laughs> Um, and society would be better if, you know, this group didn't exist. So let's just go get rid of them. And you get lynch mobs out of that. You get this and that, and they rile the other side up with insults and pejoratives that I will not repeat because I just don't want to say them. Um, and it gets the other side to act irrationally so you know you say something that's obviously hyperbole hyperbolic and this it goes blah, 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 and they act equally hyperbolic in response so you, you 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 say something stupid and the other side says something stupid and then you mock that response and then they get even you know stupider and then they the other you force the other side into taking an extreme position which you can step back and point to saying there look there's the inherent extremist on their side. We need to get rid of them and see the system's corrupt or this is bad or all this group is uh, inferior. So we should just get rid of them. And I'm seeing this on every side. And this does come out of activist tactics. You need to raise awareness of uh, the inherent um, uh, unusability or uh, oppression of the system itself. Um, 
And I think that's the difference this, between trying to, trying to rile, um, like revolt versus reform. Because when mm -hmm. you want to burn it down and just create radicals, and when you try and be extremist just for the sake of sparking another extreme reaction, you're essentially just being a social terrorist. I mean, you're not killing people, but you're, right. you're trying to terrorize and, and cause terror amongst a broad mass of people. That's sort of the same and, thing. And in my experience, if you are, you know, boots on the ground, let's go anarchist, let's go get rid of the system, you're being used. Find out who's using you because mm -hmm. you will not like them. Um, and and this, if you were trying to get a mob to follow you, that's exactly what you would do. Oh, yeah. That's the successful approach to gathering a mob to back you. Yeah. Now, to those people, I would ask, I would say one thing, uh, which is a quote from like one of my favorite uh, shows, um, it's easy to find something worth dying for. Do you have anything worth living for? And mm. that's what show. Oh, it's Babylon Five. It's my favorite show yeah. of all time. It's it looks stupid. It's a bit cringy, but if you get into it, it's a lot deeper than it seems, and uh, it'll break your heart. Um, but this one, this thought came out of it. And a lot of times we have these causes that we move towards and we feel like we need to be making society better. And we use, we have this rhetoric in our society that leave society better than, you know, you found it, uh, make a difference. And this is part of our society and it's part of why our society is so, and our culture is so great. Uh, and because we let it evolve and we let it change and we let it try and change it for the better and through our own actions. But you can't do anything if you are acting from a place of fear and, you know, you martyr yourself on the, uh, on the altar of some manifest justice that you've uh, created and the individual doesn't matter, but no, you do matter and you have to think through what you're doing. What are you trying to create? Because people are going to live there and you might even have to live there yourself. Um, and so that's why I come to, do you have anything worth living for? And if you don't, well, it just shows me where you're coming from. Um, if you're a martyr, you're only good dead. So I don't, then, but all martyrs aren't the actual people that we think they were. They are stories. Um, and when we look at who the martyrs were, we get a conception of something that wasn't real. So when you're bringing yourself to your activism, you have to be grounded in reality. The reality that people are going to be living this that you're trying to create. And so make a better world for your family, find something. And I think that sort of comes down to priorities, right? So like after we've raised awareness or decided we want to raise awareness for a cause and we have a cause that we can quantify and we've put it together in a proper, um, a proper format so that we can articulate it to a, a broader number of people in order to garner the support we need to affect the change we want to see happen. Mm -hmm. 
we really need to then take a step back and look at the entire problem or issue that we're looking at and say, is this the most pertinent issue of our time right now? Is this our priority? And what I sort of want to get to with that just briefly <laughs> is the 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 palace what's commonly referred to as the Palestinian problem, which I don't like the term because it assumes that the Palestinians are the problem and it's really not the case. But whichever side of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict you, you subscribe to, it is undeniably one of the greatest human humanitarian cri crises, crises of, our, of our era. Crises. And we, in our efforts to not be labeled bigots, and to not be uh, warmongers and in our efforts to not pick sides or influence countries other than outside of our own, even though we constantly do it with other countries, we've stepped back and let the problem persist and fester for decades. And this is people suffering on a daily basis. And we're refusing to deal with that while fighting for our rights to not wear a mask during a pandemic for example, or we're ignoring Black Lives Matters and police brutality and under-trained or insufficiently trained police forces and, and law enforcement, or we're supporting judicial systems, or we're contributing to campaigns and party politics, knowing these things are destroying the country and the world. But what we're choosing to defend are like archaeological rights against mining companies or, you know, a pipeline, which is a fair thing to protest, a pipeline. But when you actually look at how much oil you burn driving stuff, driving oil across the country and how much oil you burn shipping it through a pipeline, I mean, the obvious solution would just be like, well, how about we build this pipeline with so many redundant fail-safes that it's super expensive, but at least in the long run, it's better for everybody. Like having a discussion with an apt solution and having those discussions based on their priority of like what we value as a society, like if we value human lives, then the Palestinian problem should be a very direct problem. Uh, we certainly shouldn't be giving and selling weapons and offering donations to the oppressing regime. And if we're going to say that we step out of party other countries' politics, we certainly shouldn't be sponsoring coups with uh, with taxpayer money or enabling the CIA yeah. to lose over a trillion dollars while saying we can't afford to feed homeless people. Like that kind of thing should now, really put side by side to compare and contrast priorities. What happened in what happened in Iran and those other countries that the Americans uh, meddled with was regrettable. Anyway, that's just kind of me saying I don't want to talk about the coups in length, but I do like them as an example um, because you can't really protest one coup. Like, you shouldn't have done that. And it's like, it happened. What are you going to do? Well, what you can protest is picking, well, I guess this goes back to picking your targets, is, uh, uh, you know, making it so that the CIA doesn't really have the ability or power to do that. Or if they want to do that, they have to come to the people and say, here's what we want to do. Uh, this right. guy's insane. So instead of sending all our troops to war, uh, which we really want to do, um, and get rid of all that stuff and breaking all of their infrastructure, we're just going to get rid of that government. And everyone's like, no. Or everyone's kind of like, actually, yeah. 
but can we also invest in their infrastructure and send them like <clears throat> aid money and stuff to help them with the rebuild? It's like, oh wait, this sounds like it might actually be more humanitarian rather than sending in the Iraqi expeditionary force or something. Or even better, sponsor um, some But education. it's still <laughs> right. Accident. Oh, we accidentally built a bunch of uh, schools in your in your country. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no! How did these books get there? Oh and no! When they try and tell us that we're inflicting our our propaganda on them, they're, they're your teachers. We just built the facility so that kids could go there. Like or right. give China's a literally doing to that to access. us right now. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> so China's kind of literally doing that to us right now oh america china's not so bad look at how bad your country is look you know you could have it better it's like no yeah, that's not the point <laughs> you missed the point. the point there's an overarching so the point is, is that priority could, that no I, i'm saying right you, and the priority chinese yeah so the mech so the mechanism itself is the thing that you need to protest not mm. the act but at some point and this comes to the palestinian pro yeah so i have a three things and I don't think I don't really want to get to one of them because I think it's kind of a small and I thing and I think it's kind of just me being bitter is it's easy to protest something that's happening on the other side of the world um it's easy to talk about what's happening in uh, uh you know northern India in Canada unless you're in, you know a family there and there's lots of uh northern Indians in Canada who definitely have an interest in what's going on over there. But for me to be like, oh, what about what happened in India? It's like, and everyone's like, yeah, but what about what's happening in Northern Alberta? <laughs> like, uh, or uh, what about the people in the Northwest Territories that are not having uh, or are struggling with, you know, very similar things. And um, I don't really, and I kind of, I want to mention it, but I don't really want to get into it because I feel like it's, it's just a, so their critique. So I think I'm being a bit petty with this. What I really want to get into, and I think has more fruit for discussion, is when you mentioned the Palestinian problem uh, and uh, the Israel-Palestinian stuff that's going on, but also the stuff with say, the Kurds and the Turks and the Kurds and the Iraqis and the Kurds and the you know uh, Georgians and the 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 um that they called the Irish and the Northern Irish and the British, um, Catalonia and Spain, uh, Quebec and Canada, all these contentious issues. You know, you can go on forever. If you want, go into the comments and name sixteen of them. Uh, if you name twenty, you get a. Um, I'll give you an upload. <laughs> gold star. Um, <laughs> yeah, gold star. Uh, you were you named the thing. Now, this also gets into the last thing because the, 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 the key word here that I'm thinking is that the most important point is the point of compromise. You're not going to get everything you want. Um, and that goes for every activist thing. Um, you are going to come up, you're not going to get everything you want because there's competing interests. You're not going to get everything you want because... Uh, you know, you might uh, have to have slow progress. You might not get everything you want because you might get something you didn't expect to get that's actually better. You might not get everything you want because the other side has valid concerns as well, which comes into the, Israel the Israelis and the Palestines. These people are both living there. You guys need to come to a compromise where you can, you know, all kumbaya or something. 
And even if you hate them, they're still your neighbors, so get along. Um, now, I just made about 30 billion enemies, but <laughs> that's kind of where I'm sitting. You have to be willing to compromise in some way. And that there doesn't are some mean... things we should be able to objectively say is a bad way of resolving a conflict. Saying here's money to buy weapons and here's weapons is not the same buy thing money. as... Well, I mean, like, okay, if you Sorry. sell weapons to to another country and then they sell those weapons to Israel and you give money to Israel and they spend that money buying your weapons from another country, it's no different to me. It's That's just stupid. Completely indifferent. Um, or the whole um, Saudi <laughs> but that's Arabia, not a way to Iran resolve any rivalry. Like, even the no, ISIS, but thing, like, arming the Kurds, knowing they had issues with all these other countries around them because they have their own language, their own uh, ethnicity, essentially, in right. all forms of culture by any definition. They should be an independent people, but they're not awarded their sovereignty, which right. by UN regulation, we've all said around the world that they, you know, any country that declares its sovereignty peacefully should be allowed to do so. Like having those double standards depending on who's got nuclear weapons and who's sponsoring our elections. And, you know, that should be of utmost importance when we're choosing how to engage in activism, in my opinion. Right. Now, arming the Kurds isn't a solution. It's a, uh, it's, you know, the activists talking about like, we need to let the, you know, give the Kurds self, um, uh, determination, self, self-determination. That's not the word. Oh, well, it's good enough. Um, and we need to give them self-determination uh, and sovereignty over themselves. And, oh, well, how are we going to do that? Well, we can give, we can go to the UN, we can do this, we can, you know, lobby, we can, you know, talk to the Turks, we can talk to the Iraqi regime, which will be easy because they're weak. We can, you know, put more pressure on Assad. Well, then we have to deal with the Russians. So this is going to be complicated, but you know what? If we start now, if the, fast, the faster we start working on this process, the faster we can come to a conclusion and the more order we can bring to that area, you know, the less war. And then somebody in the back's like, why don't we just give them weapons? It's just like, it's not a solution. That is a, the, to me, that is failed activism because you, you took the easy way out and you didn't actually create anything. So it looks look good to give someone caused. weapons. Yeah. So activism is a harder way um, because, you know, just, well, what we're going to do is we're going to give them the tools they need to fight. It's like, that sounds good. Um, but what if you took away the conflict itself? Uh, exactly. And that's where you can put your activism. But the, uh, the Kurds are too busy fighting everyone on all their borders um, in, to you know, come to the table too much. And the Assad regime is not really a regime. And um, the Assad regime was like created by support from the West. That's the problem. It wouldn't even be yeah. there. It wasn't the people's choice. It was support from the West that led it to be the people's choice. It's just like arming right. the Kurds so, against Al-Qaeda and ISIS. It wasn't meant to right. have the It was poorly thought out. Yeah. So what I'm saying, and now when I come, when I, when I bring up the idea of compromise i'm not saying like you shouldn't get the things that you want you should be willing to like get the attain the meta goals but you know 
be uh, willing to give up on some of the points. So um, Israel, Palestine have to, you know, if you, you want to have your, 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 your you want to have peace, you want to have war, that's the medical is to not be fighting each other. But then you have these extremists saying, well, no, we need to create the country of Israel. It's like, oh boy, you know, that's, that's, that's totalizing. And then you have the Palestinians who are like, have also totalizing factions, but you know, there's a lot of Palestinians there that also just, this is my house. It just happens to be here. <laughs> and uh, no, I wasn't that, trying to, I was actually trying to supplement what you were saying about compromise. Cause to me, a ceasefire yeah. is the epitome of compromise. That should be the one thing yes. we all agree on. I don't want people to die and you don't want people to die. Ceasefire. Let's right. start from ceasefire. Let's start from compromise. Because the thing you're giving up is uh, things like, oh, I wanted to kill that guy, but I'm willing to give that up in order to, you know, talk. Mm-hmm. But just let it known, put it on the record that I want to kill that guy. Um, yes. And this parliamentary. Is and I think, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk. And I think in the last 20 years, we've made leaps and bounds, especially in the Middle East, uh, compared to. Uh, the way it was, Israel just going in and attacking everyone around them. Um, the um, and I think there's hope, and I I think there's always going to be hope because the moment you lose hope, then you know, then why not just go out in a blaze well, of glory and losing hope is ignorant, in my opinion. It sort of dismisses the fact it that is. there was ever a reason for hope just because they couldn't foresee the future and. You know, today is yesterday's future. So mm-hmm. if you don't have hope for tomorrow, then you might as well not be part of the conversation, in my opinion. You're, you're not helping anything. Right. Which is kind of why I am so angered by those chaotic folk who are, mm-hmm. it's not hope that they want. It's it's the chaos. It's the, the conflict itself. But see, you're That's reining like, in no. that, like that passion and to, to sit and talk about it respectfully and peacefully and to have a conversation about it. You, you're doing it yeah. diplomatically, which I applaud you for. <laughs> it is the, the I, I, hopefully the purpose and function of this channel. Yeah. To help well, and like, how to talk about shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I've we've talked about like the fact that I own firearms and stuff like that. And like, it's like, Oh, these are weapons and stuff like that. It's like, well, yes. But words are more effective in the long run than uh, anything else. And that is kind of where I will stand on that. The, the, the higher path is the path of, uh, uh, of speaking. And um, I concur. The fear of sounding like an echo chamber. Well, that's, we, we do agree on a lot of things that we do challenge each other, but, um, I guess if you're listening to us and you have something you want to say, uh, about this and keep the conversation going, definitely go down and, uh, challenge us. If we comment and respond, definitely challenge us. Um, I think we lost a subscriber when we actually responded to them and they, I don't know what they wanted, but they didn't respond. So it's all right. It's the internet. Don't take it personally. Oh, I'm not. It's just who cares. <laughs> um, um, so I was thinking maybe we could take a break here, and then when we come back, I sort of wanted to get into a little bit of um, uh, how activism has both positively and negatively affected us over the past 
you know, 20 or 30 years or so, just because you did mention there has been a lot of progress and, you know, there's all these humanists out yeah. there like Yuval Noah Harari and we've both read him. So maybe we can talk about yeah. um, after after a brief break here, we can go into how it's actually functioned up to today. Yeah, I can go to Yeah. Can all right. Groovy? We'll be back. See us in part two. Hasta luego. Where's the off button on this thing? <laughs>